everybody, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. This is episode 10 for April 13th, 2016. With me as always, 17. Up. 17. 17. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's fine. Keep it rolling. Again. Yeah, keep it rolling. With me as always, I have Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hello. And Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture. What's up, everybody? Hey, what's going on this week? <laughs> what are y'all working on? Not much. On? Well, I'm following up my plywood table, which is now, uh, I, I made a table out of one sheet of plywood, just finished that. Videos up. Right now, I'm just editing the drawings and the text for the step-by-step, so it should have the full instructions. It's one of those projects where people immediately start asking for the plans right away. Yep. So That's I'm, how you know it's a good project. Yep. Yeah, no, it, it's great. It, it signifies the intent to, to do it. So it's one of the favorite, it's probably... One of my favorite projects that I've done this year. I just think mm-hmm. it's everything that I'm trying to do. It's material efficient. It looks cool. Uh, it, it's it's definitely modern, um, and you know you can build it for about fifty dollars worth of materials. Yeah. Um, so I got I actually got three videos up uh, since we last talked. So I got that up, the ping pong ball lamp, which was super easy. Yeah, that, that uh, was neat though. It was cool. Like just it, like the idea of it was really cool. Yeah, and then it's funny. Did you know that like ping pong balls are flammable? Yeah, they I did and not know like that. if you hold it, if you can hold them over a flame, like they'll kind of like halfway like explode almost. Right, oh, wow. so, they like pop. Luckily, I guess the I air use, expands or something. <laughs> I yep. use cheap ass beer pong ping pong balls that were plastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I like fired t- like. I was like, these are plastic. These are not celluloid or whatever sort of ping pong balls are, and they don't bounce the same way either. Um, but they're like way cheaper. You can get like a, a a bag of like 150 of them on Amazon for like nothing. Oh, okay. um, so I used those, and then I forgot to say that they were those, and then I had a bunch of people saying it's going to catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the other really weird thing was everyone saying, "How are you going to change a light bulb?" I'm like, "Dude, it's, it's an LED. LED. It's an LED light bulb. Like, <laughs> I'll worry about that 10 years from now. I think that's what yeah. they're rated, and they'll probably last way longer than that. Exactly." Um, so I don't know who all these these people living in caves with their their <laughs> candles and incandescent yep. bulbs. But I know I like your giant warning sign you posted on that video too. <laughs> you know, every time I do something that's electrical or light related, I, and and just it comes into something, I just like why? I always swear that I'm never going to do another light or electrical project again. But mm-hmm. broke it always rules, comes back. Did this? Um, currently working on a plywood sofa. Um, so I'm really enjoying, (laughs) I know I always like, it's like one of the tips I always give people when they ask like, Oh, you know, I always say like change your saw blades more often. It'll make you like really appreciate like how much better even like a a low cost tool works when you have a fresh, clean blade, but I don't always take that advice just cause, and then sometimes I cut like pieces of aluminum with my miter saw. So I switched out all my saw blades, and then I was like, oh, wow, I want to do more plywood projects because all of a sudden everything's just, like, slicing right through the plywood like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm working on a, a sofa out of hopefully two sheets of plywood, but it might take three. Okay. What kind of blade – sorry, side conversation. What kind of blade did you put on there? So I really like the battery-powered uh, Ryobi circular saw that I have. I actually don't use my corded ones at all anymore. I just use the battery-powered ones. Yeah, I think I'm using the same one you are. Yeah, Yeah, the six-and-a-half one. The, mm-hmm. I used to have the smaller five-and-a-half-inch one, and for three-quarter-inch plywood, it, it wasn't ideal. But the six-and-a-half-inch new battery-powered one, and I got the extended-life batteries, that whole plywood table it had a ton of cuts. I didn't have to switch the battery out once. Oh. Um and so I used, uh, I think it's like a 24-tooth Diablo plywood uh, blade. Okay. I've used like the laminate plywood blades that have a whole bunch of little teeth. And I got some burns on those, and those weren't great. But this Diablo one, it's, it's almost in between like a, like a framing cross-cut one and a plywood one. And it's, it, it cut like butter. It was so nice. I okay. barely needed to sand. I didn't even use an orbital sander for that plywood table. I did yep. it all just by hand because the edges were so clean. Perfect. Because whenever I started this desk build, that's what I bought was one of the like 90-tooth little plywood kind of laminate blades. And mm-hmm. that's the problem I've been having is it's just maybe it's not supposed to be going through three-quarter inch material or something. But I'm getting a lot of burning and it's just not cutting as smooth as I was expecting. Yeah, so. it, doesn't, it doesn't eject the dust well, as I yes, think the thing. that's exactly what it is. Uh, and mm-hmm. so you get, you get caked up dust that sort of 
burns yeah. and melts into itself. The, yeah, because yeah, the, the kerf is as wide as the blade itself is, so it doesn't have that extra space to kick out all the dust. And the other thing I like about the cordless is that it's way lighter than the corded one. So when you're really reaching out far over like a full sheet of plywood, especially if you're you know doing like cross-cutting like a four-foot sheet of plywood, it's really easy to sort of hold it nice and uh, steady against the fence because it's like a little bit less torque, and <laughs> yeah. but it's still cutting really cleanly through it. So um, having a lot of fun with that. So working on now uh, that the sort of plywood... Uh, table went well working on a plywood sofa how's that one going to be different than the last one you made um it's going to be a lot uh it's going to sort of have built-in sort of tables on the side and a lot more sort of classically modern uh Uh, the zigzag one was a little bit gimmicky um but i'm going to use the same cushion type cool tell you what man after you're done with all this plywood furniture you can open up your own chipotle <laughs> that's yeah. right no i just need some galvanized steel to, yeah. uh, to throw in exactly. there too you'd be good Chris, to go what are you doing? No, actually one thing i was gonna say yeah one thing i was gonna say about uh, ben's plywood table video i really like that you took the time to make the second version of the table with the like cross stretchers that were a little thinner i thought it actually made like a big difference in the in the look of it, especially when viewed, you know, from kind of eye level. Yeah. So that was good that you took the time to do that. Although that's, I love that, that sanded plywood. I love the way it looks. I like the sort of dramatic grain for it, but it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more warpy. Um, so yeah. that's why I had like all the kettlebells and stuff holding down the corners while I, I and the video, you can't tell looks flat to me. Yeah. Um, so what am I working on? I put out the video for the, the one legged cabinet. Um, it's doing well. I think, you know, people just like weird looking stuff. So, you know, obviously I'm a lot smaller than you guys are in, in your channels, but that one's been up for like three days or whatever. And it already has basically like 90% of my subscriber, you know, yeah. views are as high as 90% of my subscribers already. Um, so that's doing good. The record player console is finished after, I remember last time we talked, I had told you about like three near misses that I had kind of got lucky on. Well, I made a few more mistakes on <laughs> I made so many mistakes on this project, but you know what? End of the day, it looks fine. Yeah, Yeah, this this one's had a lot of errors, but it came out (laughs) fine. I don't think anybody can really tell unless I point them out to them. So all's well that ends well, I suppose. Exactly. Um, This weekend is my son's fourth birthday, so I'm going to take that off and not be building anything since we're having a party at my house. So I'll be cleaning up and renting a jumper and breaking my ankle in the jumper probably oh is that like a bouncy, bouncy castle? castle yeah 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 a bounce house <laughs> we always call nice. them jumpers here oh, um okay. yeah it's the uh west coast terminology boys yeah no. real cool <laughs> yeah <Ew. laughs> it's what tupac would have called it yeah. um yeah so that's what i got going and i then, was gonna say that uh on that end table or cabinet is it an end yeah. table is it's that what nothing it is? I yeah, don't know what, what it is. It, it is. I guess if it was anything, it'd be like, yeah, like a side table for a couch okay. or, or an end table for a bed or whatever. Yeah, I really like how you made the uh, the drawer face on that. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, thank you. I like that sort of textured kind of hardwood look, too. Yeah, it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, something to play around with. And, you know, maybe if I get a CNC going, I'll, I'll play around with more crazy kind of patterns. Or I'd really like to do I ha- another technique that I've never tried that I've watched. What's it called? Where you run a piece at an angle over the saw blade over a table saw to give it like that kind of like hollowed out circle look i forget Mm. what it's called but i know what you're talking about though yeah concave yeah it makes it concave but there's a i don't know kerf something maybe i don't know what it's called but i'm sure a thousand people write in Um, (laughs) people are just screaming at their like at their stereos in the car yeah for sure. But yeah, I'd like to play around with that for some drawer front ideas. But anyway, so yeah, kind of have the weekend off, I suppose. And then I'm going to start, or I'm going to start on the two by four challenge. Um, I the think two I, two by four challenge. The two two by four challenge. Oh, yeah, I have to post that. I'm going to write that up. I'll yeah, post I'm that actually, tomorrow. I know you should have posted that because I've had a few people send yeah. messages about like yeah, what yeah, the yeah. rules are and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I had a guy ask a question can we use less than two two by fours? Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess so. Ooh, that is a good question, though, which we probably should have said. Does it have to be at least one two by four or no? Does that not even matter? I say it's up to two two by fours. OK, I would think no most minimum, people are going to want just the max. OK, yeah. yeah. I, again, I'm more the spirit of the, the law than the letter of the law. Right. Um, mm-hmm. well, we, we just want this as like 
a jumping off point so that we're all sort of on the same page and sort of a catalyst for creativity so that we're all feeling like we're working on the same thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. But yep. So I'm pretty sure I know what I'm going to do for that. I've uh, kind of drawn it out and mapped out how much material I'd be using. So I'd be using, I'd say, almost all of the of the two two by fours. Um, I actually went and bought the two by fours. They're sitting in my garage as motivation to to remember to work on it. Did you go? Did you pick through and find some like really nice <laughs> yeah. ones? No, you know, yeah. I did. I. I had to go because of one of my stupid mistakes. I had to go to Home Depot last Thursday at like nine thirty at night, right before they closed, and it just so happened like they had all nice ones. I was like, "Oh, I might as well pick these up." So I know those are the times that I go ahead and just get an extra like ten yeah. of them Stock and up. take them home with me. Yep, it was like a blessing in disguise, I guess. Yeah. So my um, two by four challenge idea: I've got what I think I'm going to build, but I've just got to figure out how I'm going to get it out of two two by fours. I've come up with like a couple yeah. like iterations of the design, and I'm like. I need like eight inches more two by four and I could do it. So now I'm just kind of trying to figure out the logistics. Just, which, cheat, just get, We didn't say eight foot. It could be 10 foot. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did have a couple of people message me saying, is it, does it have to be an eight foot? Yeah, so it's, it? it's no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> again, it's not like, you know, it's not like we have a uh, USADA doing like Olympic get, style testing, you know, here. Yeah, it's, I uh, know. I'll just get a couple of 16 footers. You got to pee no. into a cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's funny, you know, um, I really didn't have it on my schedule to start working on, but of course, since we talked about it a few weeks ago, and I actually think this is like a great way to sort of design things is seed an idea talk about it like before you even want to start working on it because then like your brain sort of works on it and kind of like on the back burner yeah yeah so i've gone through i have like two or three ideas that i think would be cool and now i just got to sketch them out and figure out which one's like the most executable uh-huh. uh and it's going to give the most sort of bang for my buck right uh, but no it's it's a great way of introducing challenges and design ideas to yourself earlier before you have a deadline so that you kind of have this like free time to sort of kick through ideas and then with no pressure right so it's great that we talked about this early because now people are starting to i mean the three of us all sort of have general directions and yeah we haven't even started it yet yep yeah so this week i've been finishing up the desk i'll have it all done tomorrow and either post it on thursday or friday this week i'm not 100 percent sure I guess it just kind of depends on when i get everything edited and the article written for it but it's coming along cool I've made quite a few more mistakes along the way, which have all been fixable. So it's kind of like running parallel with Chris's project here. We'll both release like a yeah. mistake videos together. Yeah, we're blowing it. <laughs> yeah, but it's come out cool. The epoxy thing worked out great. The dowels look really nice. cool. So Chris, thanks for the uh, thanks for the subconscious idea there. And, no problem. Uh, yeah, it's coming along cool. I'm st- I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm going to build next. I might do the two two by four challenge next since I don't really have anything like that's. I don't know, eaten away at me to build yet. So Mm -hmm. I might go for that, but that's about it. Nothing, nothing too crazy this week. Uh, uh, One question that that I got uh, is uh, somebody was asking for the, the plywood table. I did, if I could do it with a concrete top, Um, Mm. when you did your sort of skim coat of concrete, yeah. um, How, how thick and how heavy was that? Like not very. So in thickness it's about, uh about an eighth of an inch thick is all it is it's really thin mm. and it's surprisingly strong now i wouldn't use just standard quick read for it i would use right. i use something called it's made by a company called henry it's called feather finish yeah. um and it's supposed to it's got no like i guess the best way to describe it it's, it's got, got no, no aggregate yes that's exactly the word i'm looking for so it's perfectly fine it's just powder and it bonds really well uh but yeah, I think that would definitely be a good approach for it because it's it's not heavy at all. Awesome, I'll take it. Check that out. Yeah, cool. More concrete. Yep. So what are we doing this week? What's the plan? So we thought since you know, well, it's kind of funny since we've all done a few podcasts together now, but we still none of us. You know, uh, spoiler alert: haven't we've none of us have met each other in person yet. No. Uh, so we thought we'd take a little time to get to uh, to know each other better and ask each other some questions uh i think i'll go first okay and i'm going to do more on the sort of topical pop culture side since i've never had i've talked shop and business stuff with you guys before but uh i still don't know that much about you socially so (laughs) that's true i was going to start with to to both of you what was the last tv show that you binge watched go for it mike okay 
I got one because I'm currently binge watching a show that's Silicon Valley. Um, I nice. saw an episode or two of it a long time ago, back when it was in its first season, but I didn't have HBO, but I have HBO Go now, so I've been binging Silicon Valley pretty hardcore, and it's a really good show. So Yeah, it's just hilarious. I love yeah. that show. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, like Mike Judge, who I think is the, the yeah. creator of it, uh-huh. also mm-hmm. created like Beavis and Butthead, and right. it's really interesting to see how he's been able to tap into like multiple genre or you know generation sort of like youth culture zeitgeist that are also so different right like to go from sort of ultimate slacker kind of <laughs> delinquent beavis and butthead to like super you know super aspirational silicon valley type startup yeah. people mm-hmm. uh is like it's a pretty diverse thing but it, it, yeah it's a it's a, it's a great show. Yeah. Have you guys seen Idiocracy, the movie? Yes. Yes. It's yeah, that's that's him also. Scarily. <laughs> yeah, coming true. <laughs> Accurate. I know. I feel like that's such an underrated movie, though, too. Not very many people I know have seen it. Because I've tried to bring it up in conversation a few times, and every single time, it's just like no one knows what it is. When right. it came out, people were like, no, no way. It was almost like too far-fetched. And now right. it's exactly. sort of happening. People are like, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, also, to to go on your uh, Silicon Valley recommendation or, or what you're watching, the podcast Comedy Bang Bang, it's for anybody who likes comedy, it's very goofy. So like the first couple of times that you listen to it, it might be kind of dumb, but as you listen to it more, you'll enjoy it. And so every year right before Silicon Valley premieres, which it premieres in like two weeks, they have on um, the guy who plays Gilfoyle, the guy who plays Dinesh and the guy who plays Richard. What's funny, though, is that so they're all funny, but Richard, who's like kind of the straight guy on Silicon Valley, is hilarious. Like he's like such a good improv actor Mm. and he's very zany and off the wall. So he just plays all these like crazy characters. So, yeah, if you go actually listen to this Monday's. So what's that? The 10th um, episode. It has the three of them on there. And it starts off where it's just the first segments an interview with them. And then they get into kind of the improv stuff that's more wacky. And I, I was literally crying while i was walking and listening to it i had to stop at one point and like take my glasses off and wipe tears from my eyes it was so funny cool i'll check it out yeah for sure so for me oh yeah you chris binge watching you know i don't binge watch as much as i used to just because it's hard having a kid and everything like we only get like a half hour of of tv time a night probably (laughs) but i'll go most recently the thing that we watched a lot of was Black Mirror, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um yeah. again, because those are standalone episodes, I just kinda picked and choose picked and chose, I don't know, here and there. It's a good show. I mean, I I liked it enough to recommend it the one time. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I think one of the negative things is that it always gets pigeonholed. People always compare it to Twilight Zone. Which to me, Twilight Zone's kind of signature was always like twist endings. So I think that's kind of an unfair comparison because I kept watching it waiting for twist endings, but not every episode is like that. There's a couple of them that kind of are, but for the most part, they're just kind of interesting stories that are some have some kind of tech technology yeah. related storyline that takes place usually in like the near future. Yeah, it seems more like an extrapolation of concepts in technology that we're seeing today. They sort of right. play them out in a more dramatized version, right. like what they would be like five years ago or what they'd be like in sort of an alternative kind of world. Where yeah, whereas, yeah. whereas uh, you know, Twilight Zone was more just it, w- it was all over the place more, I feel. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of taking things that actually exist, but taking them to their extreme of what they could be in the near future. So there's the, the episodes are hit and miss, I'll, I'll admit that, but there are definitely a handful of really good ones. The ones that jump out to my mind for anybody that wants to watch, there was the one Nosedive that I talked about a few weeks ago. Um, there's one called San Junipero that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, there's one called, I forget the exact name, it's something like The History or The Entire History of You. It's about where mm. you can get uh, like a an implant in your brain and in your eye that just records everything that you ever see, and then you can go back and like relive it and play it, basically. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so there's there's definitely some. It's worth watching. You know, you can go on Reddit and and look at like the top episodes that people have ranked, and then figure out which ones you want to watch. Cool. Cool. But what about a show ben, that you're what's been, yours? Yeah, I want to uh, hear you answer that too. The, the last one that I really got into was, uh, and I got into it pretty late, was Deadwood, which I just thought uh, was like amazing. That. It has the most 
eloquent use of profanity, I feel like, on <laughs> any TV show that I've done. It's just spectacular. And it's one of those shows, too, where I think that, uh, you know, for, so often people get so uh, r- rosy-glassed about the, the past and, like, how nice it was and when people had value. And I, I love yeah. these shows that just show you, man... It sucked back then. Like it was just <laughs> right. so easy to get sick and then die for just like <laughs> no reason, and no one really knows why. Um, right. Also, as like uh, you know, someone that's uh, partially a minority, like would have totally sucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic show. It's uh, it's like just harsh and dark and but funny, and people were just. It was so weird to see where they were conservative uh, because it was like an older time, but then where they were just absolutely savage and, and, and insane <laughs> because there's very few laws. Um, yeah. And it's fun to sort of just sort of think about how uh, how we weren't that far from sort of like settlements that were basically somewhat organized anarchy. Was it an HBO show or what was that on? Yeah, it was an HBO show. Okay. Um, it's it's fantastic. And it's one of those shows. I like watching shows like that now because I know there's only a few seasons of it. So I don't feel like I'm yeah. getting into like a never-ending abyss that's going to suck my time. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an ending to it. So yeah. it works. You yeah. know when you can get back to your life. Exactly. Chris, what's yes. your first question? My first question. So I wrote these down specifically to individuals, but I think I we can all feel free too. to chime in. Yeah, and these are okay. they're pretty open-ended, and so we can all discuss. But the one that I wrote down for Mike was, if you ha- so it's kind of hypothetical. It's if you okay. had to shut your YouTube channel down tomorrow and start a new one that dealt with a different genre, what genre would you choose? Okay, um, can I be can I be like totally honest with you right now? Go for it. I'm considering starting a, another channel, but it's so unrelated to YouTube, or not? <laughs> it's it's totally related to YouTube, but yep. it's so unrelated to woodworking and it's uh-huh. not going to be anything with like personality mm-hmm. but i think it's just a good idea well that's and it's good gonna, <laughs> i think it's a, i think it's a terrible idea so i'm yeah. going to commit a hundred percent of my efforts to it is just recording like sounds of noise for people to sleep to i think oh. i can like monetize oh, like it pretty well not quite like on the weird side of asmr but just like five hours of gentle rain or like six hours of white noise coming from some kind of like appliance. You should I'm gonna uh, do it because I <laughs> randomly wanted to listen to some rain sounds one night, and I googled it or I YouTube, I searched it on YouTube, and these videos are getting millions of views. So I thought, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna build, Mike wants I'm gonna in on myself, that action. I want in on some of that <laughs> that money right there because I know these people are like getting some serious cash from this. So I'm gonna get You're myself get sponsored a good, by the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm going to get myself a nice camcorder because uh, apparently with this is something else I've learned in my research is I think it's in Europe. There's something like a camcorder tax uh-huh. to where any kind of video camera that records 30 minutes or longer has some sort of tax on it. Really? But if your camera records for like 30 minutes or less, it doesn't have that tax. That's why a lot of DSLR type cameras and stuff like that, which is what I use have like a file limit size mm-hmm. where they can only record for so long. So I'm going to get myself a camcorder that can record for like hours at a time. I'm going to find myself some tranquil scenery and just record it and put it up there. See if it gets some traction. I was going to say you can get some synergy going if you do like uh, like uh, woodworking noises in the distance. I, yeah. And then you could just set Ooh. a camera far off the whole yeah, like, get a good, few get a good hours while you're out plane. there. Get a nice <laughs> hand plane noise that's yeah. sort of shaving Straight up. I know. I was watching Jay Bates' video that he put out today. It was a video where he unboxed uh, a new, like, hand plane he got. And, you know, all of this has been on my mind recently. So I was watching that thinking, like, man, this would be a great ASMR-type video. Because it was just, <laughs> like, he's he's doing these, like, paper-thin shavings on, like, end-grain hickory with this hand plane. And it was just so buttery and so smooth. I was like, man, this is... This would be satisfying for people to watch. Nice. So, anyways, that's going to be my new uh, secondary hobby. Maybe I don't know if I buy a camera. I'm still debating on it or not, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, my my brother's had a lot of interesting and varied uh, careers, and one of the things he did that was really interesting is he was he used to sell B roll footage. 
So oh, if you okay. travel around to like amazing beaches in like Southeast Asia and Australia and stuff, and he would just set up his video camera and record a whole bunch of footage at different times and then sell it on different stock footage websites and yeah. did really well and funded all of his uh, traveling. Nice. That's, see, and that's what I was thinking too. There's like a double side to this. Once this does become legitimate in a business, I can write off all of my traveling as like business expenses because it's like, oh, I was going to Hawaii so I could get some cool soundscapes. But in reality, it was like I spent a couple hours getting soundscapes, but I just went to Hawaii. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so, you already can do that with the podcast. Just set up an interview for that true. or for your YouTube channel. I mean, there that is go. true. Yeah, you're right. But anyways... What about uh, let's go to the ben. next question? <laughs> or I would like to. I'd be yeah. curious if Ben has an oh, answer yeah, to that. That's true. That's true. My bad. If not, you can pass. Um, yeah, I, I would probably do something more on like uh, digital media and tech, uh, specifically about sort of uh, influencer marketing and how to sort of utilize that in, in ways that I think are, are effective. Um, and you know, as much as I like making the content, I also like the sort of strategic deployment of it. So, mm-hmm. for example, like I knew that the the ping pong ball lamp, it would do a, a it was a really easy project to make. So there was a no brainer when I sort of thought of it. Um, I knew it would do OK on my channel, but I also know it's not going to be like a home run on my YouTube channel because uh-huh. it's more in the sort of quick, you know, five minute craft kind of right. thing. It's more crafting than like exactly. building. Right. Uh, so I know there'll be people on it that like it just because they'll feel like it's attainable and they can do it, but it's not going to be this sort of blow away million views right out the, the gate kind of thing. But I know that on Facebook, there's a ton of things that like that. So I syndicated the, the, the content to a couple of Facebook groups that publish that kind of stuff. And I think they published it like four hours ago and it's already over a million views. Oh, so wow. Because there's a huge appetite because people can see it, they can understand it. They can sort of make it, and because it's yeah. a simpler video, it lends itself really well to like a a forty five second version of it, where you can still comprehend the whole project. Mm-hmm. So, I think what's really interesting is, uh, I really like this idea of creating content and then not worrying about my own channels. Oh, it has to go on my channel. No one else steal it or or, or rip it off. But really, just think about how to take one thing and then leverage that for the most sort of uh, benefit or gain or viewership or traction possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever you're doing that, are you seeing traction from that post leading to that video or is it just kind of generalized traffic to you? So it sent, uh, they, when they, so they took, they took my video, mm-hmm. they posted it on their Facebook sites as a native upload and they tagged homemade moderns Facebook page in it. And then they yeah. linked to, my uh youtube video for it in the comment section so it's not a huge amount of crossover from facebook to youtube right. but it, it it did you know get me a quite a few uh new followers on facebook but more <laughs> importantly specifically with this one is ryobi is one of my sponsors i have like a great relationship with them i think their glue gun is like my favorite new tool that they created i think it was like super awesome to bring like technology from power tools and then put it into more of a craft tool so yeah. it's like the most badass glue gun ever, and there's no <laughs> cords. So I watermarked that tool in the video that they're doing. So now oh, okay. I can go to my my sponsors like Ryobi and say, check this out. On addition to the sort of all the views that I got for you on my channel, I just got you. <laughs> I got these other media companies basically, was what, which is what these sort of Facebook groups uh, are mm-hmm. to sort of... <laughs> basically broadcast your commercial to their massive audiences and so yeah. just 10x what the normal expectations of this were simply by thinking about what all the different people in this sort of digital space want these big facebook groups want more content uh i want more uh followers and sort of views and to make my sort of cl- uh, sponsorship clients happy and the sponsors want to have their products pushed in front of people in, in an organic way uh, in front of the biggest audience possible. So win, I always win, love win. it when I'm able to sort of set up that sort of uh, three-legged stool and make it work for all the parties where everyone's just happy to help the other one. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give one question, okay? Go then we'll it. go back to you, Chris. Does that work? Sure. Actually, my first question, because I'm kind of doing the same thing you did, Chris. It was like... Uh, 
I wrote down a question for each of you. So this one is the one for you. Okay. So you've got like a pretty, and I also went like, sorry, this is kind of leaning towards shop talk a tiny bit. Okay. But okay, you've got a pretty like defined style in what you build. Like mm-hmm. at least in terms of like, if I see a, a YouTube video and I don't know it's from you and I see like the piece, I can say like, oh, that looks like something Chris I'm not going to see a lot of hot glue from Chris's channel. <laughs> not a ton. Yeah. No. <laughs> wait, just wait. No. Just wait. Yeah. So in terms of that, I'm curious, where did you, where was like your first inspiration? Like before you kind of got that somewhat defined style, like what was your influence and what was your first inspirations when you started making? Um, so actually to kind of this, I don't know how this is going to go, but to go back further. Okay. Artistically, I always liked patterns and math and angular things. Uh-huh. Like I, I might have said this in a past one, but I, my mom told me that when I was really little, she thought that I was going to end up being a tiler, like, you know, laying tile where you would like do like patterns. And she, and she was talking about like when I was like three, like yeah. seeing me like just like play with little things. Um, but then they never like gave me Legos or tile or anything to play with. <laughs> Maybe because I would have stabbed myself with it. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, there goes that dream dashed by my mom. I know my Thanks mom's listening, lot. by the way. Sorry, mom. I love you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I always kind of like was driven or, or uh, drifted towards those kind of things. So I think that explains why, in a way, it kind of gets into the type of furniture that I like that is very geometric and angular and a lot of straight lines and i never really or at least to this point didn't get into or haven't gotten into more organic kind of shapes in terms of like the actual more direct line inspiration i think a lot of it actually going back to the tv conversation comes from mad men i was watching a lot of mad men at the same time that i started getting interested into furniture which as you guys know takes place during the 60s and has a lot of uh, mid-century modern style in it yeah um and then the like i talked about in a couple other videos the first piece of furniture that really got me interested or or, or grabbed my attention was the the bench the nelson bench um and i think it was just because of like hearing the story behind it um basically it, he said that he designed it to be purposefully uncomfortable because he didn't like people coming into his office and sitting down for a long time. So he designed it initially just to be in his office. People would come, they'd sit there for like 10 minutes and then they'd be uncomfortable and they would leave. And yeah. so hearing that, like all, all the thought that went into something like that and how a piece of furniture can, I don't know, be used in that way for something that you would never think of. And then also just, I mean, it, it's probably a lot more common than this, but at the time it was very interesting to me how, Every other space, it was, you know, three quarters of an inch wide piece and then a three quarter of an inch hole and then a three quarter of an inch wide piece and then a hole. And so just like seeing how you doubled the amount of usable space with the the same amount of material. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that kind of I guess those kind of things just all pushed me towards mid-century modern design. And I don't even know that I would say that my pieces are net are necessarily mid-century modern. Like I think a lot of them, if they were to go back in time and be put out in the sixties, there'd be something that was like a little off where they wouldn't quite fit into that decade, but you can definitely see the inspiration there. Um, yeah, I think I answered the question, right? Yeah, you did it. You did a good (laughs) job. (laughs) Thank you. I feel good. Okay, cool. I was just kind of curious. Yeah. And then I guess a follow up question. How okay. long, so like the first pieces you built, mm-hmm. how similar to they, were they to what you're building now? Or like how like rudimentary were they in comparison? Um, aesthetically, pretty similar. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you look at that first coffee table that I built and designed aesthetically, it could totally fit right in with what I'm building now. I would say the only place that it was rudimentary was more like in the joinery and the bad decisions in terms of how to put it together that didn't work out just because of you know basically ignorance at the time um but yeah aesthetically pretty similar cool okay ben here's my question for you when before me and chris got into making youtube videos we had people like you people like bob claggett people like jimmy deresta to say this is a possible thing making youtube videos and making it a, a livable income is a real thing. But when you started, there wasn't already that like case study that we could follow for you. So what was your main 
uh, what was your main influence in getting started? And what was your justification for spending that much time in doing it? Not knowing for sure that it would all, I guess, have the possibility of panning out the way you'd want. Right. So, uh, I didn't really didn't watch any YouTube videos. And when I first started creating, you know, for me, it came more from a belief in digital content. It really had nothing to do with a specific platform. Right. Um, and I was approaching it more with, with an idea of, uh, my background as a designer, as an architect, and then as someone that, uh, founded a tech company that distributed design, I was really interested in this idea of how do I one design for people that can't afford to hire me was, was this, uh, the sort of personal interest I grew up in a poor family. I talk about this a little bit in, in my TEDx talk. Uh, so that was the sort of the sort of greater, broader motivating challenges. How do I bring design to a demographic that can't afford to hire some, me to design it for them? Right. So media was was the answer. Uh, I knew that video was uh, the the sort of the easiest consumable form of media. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to start making videos. I posted all my first videos on Vimeo. I think I had like eight to 10 videos up on Vimeo before I posted a single one of those old ones to YouTube. Yeah. And then I just posted a whole bunch and then I didn't even check my YouTube for a long time. So <laughs> I'm one of the few people that's in our sort of community that didn't really build it around YouTube, but I was focusing much more early on on my website uh, and you know creating PDF plans and uh, creating videos that were hosted by uh, on Vimeo. Um, so I think in some ways that was, it slowed my growth initially, but I think it was important for sort of clarifying what I think is the, the conceptual and not the prescriptive. I think it's really, inter- uh, it's really easy to fall into prescriptions. And that's where we see, we see someone and we see their way of doing it and then we sort of copy it. Yeah. Or we use that as a path. And that's important because those people push the envelope and we sort of go much faster, right? So, for example, I don't think this podcast would have existed if it wasn't for, like, making it. Like, I think they're hugely influential. I think that's really uh, easy and fair for us to say. And also, if you guys are listening, uh, thanks for the shout-outs on on your your podcast. Everyone should be listening to making it, but I'm sure everyone that's listening to this already does. Um, Probably. So... You know, the what, what I think is really interesting is, so one of my, my favorite sport to watch is uh, the UFC. I just find it so much more compelling than everything else. Mm-hmm. And you see someone like Conor McGregor come in, and he just, he doesn't play nice. He just does his own thing. He's not mm-hmm. following the prescription of, like, Chuck Liddell or Tito Ortiz. He's going to do it his way. And suddenly mm-hmm. everyone else is realizing, oh, wait, there's this other way of doing things all along. And... So while I think it's important to learn from other people and, you know, and to get inspired by their sort of journeys, your biggest breakthroughs are going to be where you sort of take concepts from that, but then reorganize those concepts and apply them in your own sort of formula. And that's where I think like the big breakthroughs are, are, are coming. Otherwise, uh, you're already going to know where you're going, what your sort of ceiling is right from the beginning. It'll probably be like, 60 to 70 percent of the people that you're sort of modeling yourself after right. um, mm-hmm. which which again nothing wrong with that it, it, you might be able to do uh by using other people's path as sort of your blueprint you might be able to do it more time efficiently so maybe you only get to like uh you know not quite their sort of full potential but maybe it didn't take you as much effort uh, right. either right they yeah. blazed a trail for you so that's not necessarily like a bad thing to do but I think there's some limitations in it. So uh, I think, again, like I, I never watched YouTube videos really before, like, unless someone just randomly emailed me a link and I, and I clicked on it. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I was never really sort of thinking about that. Now that I, once I discovered this sort of really vibrant community, I was like, oh, this is awesome, right? right. Like all these people <laughs> like, like have to answer questions. Uh, they're incredibly supportive and fun. Uh, I've made a ton of great friends in this community. Um, but no, I, I just sort of uh, was more piecing together my sort of architecture background uh, with my sort of understanding of digital media and technology. 
That's awesome. Okay, nice. cool. Well, my question for Ben actually is kind of along the same line, so it bleeds into it really well. Not to make, I don't know if you want to take a sip of water while I ask Ben, so you don't have to sure, do two soliloquies <laughs> back to back. But um, my question was, where do you see the role of people like us, so content creators in the sort of maker DIY world, say in five years from now? So you can interpret that any way you like. So a couple examples would be, you could think of it in terms of business, maybe as it pertains to being partners with companies as they become more savvy, or you could think of it in terms of culturally, you know, kind of as things start to replace TV or as TV kind of melds with other forms of entertainment? It, it, the the things I'll start with the things I'm sure about, and then we mm-hmm. can speculate on some of the things that, that I think might happen. Uh, people will continue to consume more and more content. Uh, video will be preferable over reading. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, they'll consume it for, for different reasons. I don't think... Uh, I don't think we'll see as many sort of like massive sort of YouTubers. I think we'll see it's the same way with like television, right? So if you th- right. if, if you look at like back in the day when MASH was the number one show, everyone mm-hmm. watched it, but there's only like four or five channels. Right. right. Um, so the the ratings are now, you know, back then for a show were huge numbers. They had a massive audience share. And now a show is considered successful. Even it has like a, a fifth or a tenth of what a show like that had. Right. Um, so what's interesting then is more more people are going to create content and more people are going to consume content, but I think more people are going to be creating content proportionally to consumption. So I think there'll be a similar thing as with television, is there'll just be so many more channels. Um, and the question from a business standpoint will be is, if audience share gets sort of divided, how do you sort of monetize specificity over broad generalization? Mm-hmm. Which is how do you have a smaller audience that's incredibly valuable because they're connected and aligned with a specific uh, set of topics or interests uh, that's more valuable than a much broader massive audience, um, and so that's that's one of the trends that I think is interesting. I don't think my audience is going to shrink. I think it's going to grow, um, but I think there'll be limitations to that growth, particularly on channels like YouTube. I've all, I, I don't think YouTube will be that dominant. I think Facebook is uh, understands social much better than Google does. Um, I think everything about Google's track record shows that it's much better at search than it is about social. Uh, Google Plus. I was about to say, uh, just look at Google Plus. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't get social. Right. And it used to be videos were shared via emails. People don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Or not, not as, not as much, um, maybe for a specific reference thing. But like if someone emailed me, like if someone like three or four years ago emailed me a funny video, someone getting kicked in the nuts or like a funny animal video, I'd be like, oh, awesome. But now like people email me extra Mm -hmm. things, like it's kind of like, dude, I'm good. Like (laughs) got enough email. Like, uh, so I think, I think people are sort of compartmentalizing that more as like a is, is email and those kind of sharing type things is more of like a work thing um and i think f- uh more and more video views will happen on on facebook um and i think the challenge for sort of uh youtubers will be how to migrate back and forth to that um so i think that the the valuable thing that we all do isn't having youtube subscribers the valuable thing that we all do is that we can start with nothing make something, create both image content and sort of video content, written content, and even like plans that are sort of, you know, diagrammatically instructional, and then distribute that on all these platforms that are available to us. That's, that's going to be the key rather than focusing on any one sort of, you know, uh, uh, platform. Because we don't know the, who's going to win the platform war. <laughs> it's funny to hear you say that because... It's like there's a weird duality right now of that we're going to come to a point where, yeah, we're kind of split between platforms. And so for and, you know, you're only talking about two. Who knows how many it could end up being where you're having to kind of tailor content towards this or at least, uh, you know, manage it. But then from a consumer point of view. Like one of the things that really appeals to me about, say, my Xbox One is that it's one place, it's one machine that I can turn on where I can get all of my content kind of pushed to me. And I think from a consumer point of view, there's such an interest in that that 
maybe if it does go the route that Ben is talking about, there'll be other technologies that kind of help to streamline it in terms of managing it and and, and uh, managing your audiences and all those sorts of things so that you're not doing double duty. Yeah, well, a lot of it is just there's not been a platform that's been able to bridge long-form content and social together in the same place. If you look at Facebook and Instagram, it's got social, but video over a minute long is not priority there. Right. And if you look at YouTube, it's all long-form content, right. but there's really no connectivity in terms of like you know social stuff. Exactly. So, that's 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 a great point, Mike, and and I I, I totally agree. Because if in terms of just f- f- uh, pure view numbers, like a counter, uh, my content I've done more views in the last two months on Facebook. Uh, this is not my Facebook channel. This is like me giving right. uh, video files to other right. Facebook things. Just, I've done more views in the last two months on Facebook than I have in the entire three plus years that I've been on uh, YouTube. Wow. Yeah. I feel like the I feel like view counts on Facebook is so sketchy, though. I don't know how they actually formulate it. Like if it just someone scrolls past it and it happens to start playing it, I think is how it counts the view. Yeah, there's like a certain amount of seconds that count. And I've, I've heard people talk Facebook about that. View counts are crazy high. And I didn't know if it was actually that high or if they're kind of like maybe skewing it a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> well, and then it gets into what's the value of a view, I guess. There's, there's different values in different platforms. And that kind of goes back to one of the things Ben was talking about. Uh, you know, a general audience mm-hmm. versus a niche audience. So, you know, in a general audience, 300,000 subscribers might not be a sustainable, you know, business model to, to have a career. But in a niche right. market, it can that's so be. True. It, it, that's why I think uh, view numbers versus, uh, you know, subscribers are not metrics of sort of business success yeah certainly more is better but it's really how you leverage and it's what your relationship is with them uh and it's what their sort of expectations Mm -hmm. are for you so for me what matters is uh my my ultimately you know i'm in the sort of media and marketing business it's not my uh my sort of i always forget the sort of difference between sort of career versus profession right (laughs) The thing you do versus uh-huh. the thing you get paid to do. Right. I don't get paid to make things. Right. Uh, I make things as a way to produce content that uh, cr- uh, builds a community and uh, causes people to take action relative to that, yeah. which then gives me the ability to sort of make money as uh, someone that produces content for marketing. So. I, I never get paid for making a table. Right. <laughs> I get paid for making the video of the table. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the hard things is right. when, because I know I get a lot of comments about people wanting to start businesses, building furniture and stuff like that. But that was never, which I always just tell them, like, that was never really like my income source. I've always been focused on content. So, right. yeah, I know that's kind of the funny like parallel is when people try and or not when people come to you for advice in terms of wanting to start a business when it comes to woodworking is like, I really don't know. Right. I have, I've never built a business woodworking. So, yeah. Right. I, I don't know how to, to, to sort of batch things out and turn them into production things. Um, I, I don't have that sort of level of expertise sort of doing things one off, but I'm I think I'm good at. Uh, at design so I know how to constantly churn through new ideas and get them out pretty yeah. quickly and that's sort of what my my sort of business is I, I I think Facebook is just so head and shoulders smart compared to everyone else I mean they remind me a lot of uh, of Microsoft back in the day where they just were so big they had no sort of ego on creating new things they were just going to look at the trends and out execute everybody um and I mean, look mm-hmm. at what they did to to Snapchat. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, you're cool and young, cool. You're not you're not gonna let us buy you, so we'll copy you and take all of your users." <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 just we'll just yeah, yeah we'll just copy and uh, you know uh, and keep implementing and then just keep relentlessly. They're never going to stop. They're just going to keep watching everybody else yeah. analyze what seems to be the best practices and then implement them. Uh, with a massive amount of money and sort of technical resources. And yeah, so that's what I think is interesting. Um, I think the the other thing uh, that I think is interesting is uh, back to YouTube that speaks to sort of Mike's point about what 
people's sort of expectations uh, about YouTube is. YouTube is more like a Facebook group, right? It's more community-based, subscriber-based. Yeah. There's sort of a connection and an understanding of audience expectations within each one of our own little clusters of subscribers. So mm-hmm. what, what I think is really interesting about YouTube is that when they announce that they're sort of creating almost like a cable package, like, right, you can get your ESPN, and so you can cut the cord, right. sign up for YouTube and maybe Netflix, and then that's all your content is coming through there. I think that sets up YouTube to go into sort of more longer form content. Um, and I think you'll see more of that, of them sort of working with specific people that have done well on YouTube to create the 15 or 20 minute or 45 minute long video co- pieces of content that go on sort of YouTube Red or in these other sort of like more premium Netflixy type yep. channels, um, in addition to the sort of free for all videos on free YouTube, which tend to be a little bit shorter. Yeah. So, Ben, what's your second question? I think you're the last one. You're going to round us out. Would you rather have a month of vacation where you can't build anything and you're not working? You're just like paid vacation, right? Okay. So you're making whatever you made last month. You're making next month. Just a month-long paid vacation, but you can't work or do anything. Or a month of that paid vacation where all you can do is just produce and design and build new projects. Um, I think I'm going to say, man, that's a tough one because I took... Uh, basically like four days off this weekend where I just didn't do anything. I'd been doing projects back to back to back for a few months and I was kind of getting a little worn down. So I was like, you know what? I don't have a sponsor for this week that I'm like obligated to. So I'm just going to push to the desk until next week and just take a few days off. Except after a couple days of it, I couldn't help but go out into the shop. It was eating away at me not to be building things. I was like, what am I doing? So like I just forced myself to like, even if I wasn't going out to the Mm -hmm. shop, I was still on the computer either editing stuff or like answering emails that I should have answered a long time ago and stuff like this. Like I'm addicted to like the whole like grind of doing all of this stuff. So I'm, I got to lean towards a month of, a month of dedication. (laughs) Yeah, I would. I would definitely lean the same way. I think that um, it's probably the same feeling that Mike has about addicted, but I always interpret it as guilt. Yes. If I, I feel like yeah. if I'm not doing something, I, I feel very guilty and like I'm being lazy. And actually, it was a conversation that my wife and I were having earlier this week, and it has to do with how I was making mistakes on that record player cabinet. And it's because I felt like I was rushing through things. And so you guys will appreciate this. So me having a full-time job... I, I like my job. There's nothing I dislike about my job. The only thing that kind of eats at me is the fact that it keeps me away from being able to work on things like that for nine hours a day, yeah, five days a week. So I almost feel like then when I get the opportunity, even though I'm not in competition with anybody, I mean, none of us are in competition with anybody but ourselves, I guess, um, it kind of eats at me like, oh, I got to make up for lost time and I got to keep <laughs> up with the Joneses. And it's like I have this shackle of having to work nine hours a week on me that hopefully someday will change. And then, you know, I can have like a renaissance of creativity when I'm, you know, <laughs> free to spend more time doing it. So I would definitely take the the yeah, time to so. be able to just yeah, work on stuff. It, to put a positive spin on it, on, on this sort of guilt thing, I think it's once you find, I think it's more like an addiction thing. It, once you find uh, a motivational loop, right, where you you see that, hmm. I can take this series of actions and then I get a reward at the end of it. And that reward isn't just temporary. It's like building towards something even more rewarding, right? That's where you get into that loop Mm -hmm. where you're just like, oh, I don't want to take vacation anymore. The only times I've ever wanted to take vacation in my life were as well as unsure about what sort of constructive or work actions I could take, how they would sort of lead to my own sort of greater good and increasing of, of, of passion and opportunities and things like that. So it's whenever the path wasn't clear is when I was like, uh, let's go party. <laughs> yeah. Let's go sit on the beach somewhere for like a month. Uh, let's do those things. But the minute I find some way where I go, Hmm, if I invest this amount of time, I get this amount of sort of financial reward and it builds something sort of a piece of infrastructure where I then have more of it. And so the next time I do it, it's even easier and it has a bigger impact. Yeah. Right. It, once once yeah. you get locked into that loop, that's all you want to do. <laughs> like it, it's really all consuming because you're like, huh? I could just be bettering myself and uh, the people I take care of with each sort of hour that I invest into it, and it's also something that I'm really interested in. Um, so I think that's like the key is that uh, 
and, and that's why I sort of, I, I had a feeling both of you would sort of answer, answer that thing. And now I think if it's like a two day thing, then sure, it's good to take that rest. But I'm, I'm the same way, Mike. Like if I, right. when I, when I do go, you know, back to, to visit family or, or on like a vacation, I really enjoy it for like the first 48 hours. Yep. And then I'm restless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still need to yeah. do it every once in a while just to sort of clear my head. You know, like once a year, normally before uh, Thanksgiving, I go out to like Joshua Tree and like the you know California desert and go like rock climbing with some friends or, or do something sort of outdoorsy like that, sort of get away from digital media. And I find that I normally after that trip have, uh, you know, really great ideas on the drive back. Um, so it is important to reset, but the idea of like a month long vacation just sounds where I'm not where I'm, I'm neglecting that sort of upward pursuit of building something. Uh, and I don't just mean physically, I mean like the sort of greater business type career slash community type aspects of what we're doing. That just sounds yeah. terrible. It's, it's irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. it's a wasted opportunity. Is, Get your yeah. life together. Mm-hmm. You know what? Actually, one more, one more point to maybe I am coming around on the addiction thing versus guilt because now that I'm thinking back, when I knew I was kind of in trouble, I guess, was I remember putting out my first video and like having a sense of accomplishment and being like, cool, and let's see what it does and not having a second project in mind. And by the time I got to publishing my second project or third project, it was like I published it and then like felt nothing. Like there was no like rest period. Exactly. It was like, okay, on to the next thing. And I was like, man, are my pleasure <laughs> centers burnout? We're like, I can't even enjoy this or what's. Yeah. What's going on with me? And so that's when I was like, oh, man, it's a it's going to be yeah. a, a, well, that's, a rat that's race, whenever I guess. I started because I was kind of in that zone as well. So what I do now is anytime like my upload days, the day that I have a video go live, normally I upload it like mm-hmm. a day or so before that. But the day I have a video go live, that's like my day of just like soaking it all in and like just getting supplies for the next project. It's yeah. like I just empty out that day. I answer cool. comments. Yeah, I get idea. to like say like thanks for compliments and delete everyone that says that i did stuff wrong and it's just i think that's the best way to do it is like you give yourself (laughs) like that day of just like easy reward and it it makes it really addicting (laughs) right and this is to say it's not it's not the the adulations and the attention that's rewarding it's the sense of building right it's the accomplishment almost exactly right so it's like the (laughs) I, I never worry about whether people say they love the project or, or dislike the project. Uh, I care about the more of the sort of metrics that are going to create additional opportunities for me to try and experiment with bigger and newer things. Um, I don't want to be, I'm really into doing plywood furniture right now, but I think a year from now, uh, unless I have a really good idea with it, I'll be wanting to do something mm-hmm. different. I might be building shipping container houses or it might be uh, building bicycles or something like that. Yeah. It'll be something with making. It'll be something with sharing design ideas, but it, they they could evolve. But anytime like where I have like uh, ideas that I know people would find useful or interesting or funny, um, I just want to get those out and it, it, as quickly as possible because I know that's just going to keep increasing uh, the opportunities. Great example is if I have ideas now, like uh, it's easier for me to get them done. It's easier for me so. I want to do get into installation art right now. Uh, like a year and a half ago, it would have been harder to do that. But now, because I did all why harder, just intimidating. Uh, no, just the. Uh, uh, I I don't think if I wanted to, to an art gallery to give me space, I don't think they would give me space. Oh, okay. That, okay. <laughs> if I wanted someone to pay for, right. you know, ten thousand dollars. $10,000 worth of mirrors, it would be hard for me to, to convince somebody to do that. Yeah, it's kind of the momentum of success. Like, you know, if Oprah says, hey, I want to start a a, TV, uh, a magazine, she'll have a million people around her to make that magazine so, where right. if you're Joe yeah. Schmo, maybe not. But I know that with each sort of video and project that I add that people have a good response to, it's just increasing what I get to do next year. Okay. It, it opens up more possibilities. So that's that's what's so exciting and rewarding, not... Not all the little hearts on Instagram, although those are nice too. So keep <laughs> yeah. keep liking. Yeah, keep hearting. Man, we're getting things. a pretty long episode. So if we, so let's oh, yeah. do a quick hypothetical. We're not going to go too deep into it, but but what is it this week? Well, we had a, this is a question. Uh, oh, I can't remember who asked this, but it was one I saw on, t- okay. on Twitter. But we'll 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 give you a shout out later. 
Oh, yeah. It was, would you rather have unlimited materials or unlimited tools? Ooh. Okay. I think it might have been David Picciuto asked that. Or, yeah, he might have yeah. been tagged in it or something. But, yeah, I remember seeing that, too. I didn't too. see it. I didn't. Uh, Mike, you were not tagged since you're not on Instagram. Mark's not or, on no, Twitter. Or, no, you're not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm going to start I'm going to yeah, Mark at Mark from Modern Builds. <laughs> but I've, go for it, Chris. I've been answering before you each time. Yeah, my turn. Um, so I would choose the materials. That's what jumped into my mind immediately. And there's a couple reasons. So first... My personality, I like to really pay for things once and then not have to worry about it again. So materials are something that you pay for over and over. So like gym memberships, phones. I like to just like buy all that stuff outright and not have to make a monthly payment. So that's the first reason that made me choose materials where, you know, the tool you buy it once and then Mm -hmm. you kind of have it for the most part. Um, The second reason is that I actually kind of enjoy the aspect of buying new things like tools and, you know, cameras, computers, cars. I I like that research time of where you're like kind of learning what product's the best for you. It's kind of like the foreplay. (laughs) And I don't think that, uh, I don't think that's really necessarily true with material. I'm not like at the store and being like, Ooh, walnut or cherry. Well, the cherries, you know, Uh, I don't know. I I like that aspect of buying new things. I think it's a tough one because when you say unlimited materials, if if I choose unlimited tools, what am I stuck with when it comes to materials? Am I stuck with like what I've been using or am I stuck with like... I think uh, you just have to buy it. Oh, That's the way I okay. interpreted it. Mm, then that's a good one. Like you can still have either. It's just one of them's given to you. Then I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's less interesting as like a, as a strict right. economic yeah, yeah, yeah. play. It's right. They, just like what's your gut reaction yeah, to I, that concept? I think concept. my gut was materials, but the more I think about it, it's almost like it's cool on the surface, but... I would love the like what Ben has right now, like at the Autodesk like suite. Like, there's no way I would ever mm-hmm. build that. But in this like world where there's unlimited tools and I get to play around with these million dollar machines, that's pretty sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, you know, I could always, regardless, I can always go buy plywood or I can always go buy lumber. But if there's like this weird thing of right. unlimited machines, there might be that weird unobtainable thing that I would never get to play around with. If it wasn't for that, you know, right for me, it's a no brainer. It's, it's clearly materials. Uh, and it's because the more tools I have, the more disconnected I am from the audience. Yeah, that's Whereas true. materials are a consumable item. Uh, I don't want bigger guns. I want more ammunition uh, is, is the way I would sort of look at it. So for me, the, I, I would like to have like a never ending like plywood cabinet where i just it only takes up one sheet but (laughs) like every time i take it it just replaces itself Uh, so i don't have to do material runs that's the other thing i hardly ever make uh tool runs i make so many (laughs) material runs (laughs) (laughs) so like how many times have i interrupted a project to run to home depot because like i was missing like even a thing of like a you know construction adhesive or or something like that or fasteners and stuff like that i also feel that like uh I, I think of it like it's like a video game analogy, right? Uh, like certain cheat codes are fun and certain ones just kind of ruin <laughs> it. Like I think like the best all-time cheat code is, you know, uh, Mark's probably too young for this, was from like the original Contra where it's like the up, up, down, uh-huh. down, yeah. right? Left, right, left, so right, BA star. It didn't make you all powerful. It just gave you a lot of extra okay. lives, right? Because uh-huh. like the invincibility cheat codes ruin the sort of, the gameness of it almost. And for me as a, as, as, uh, I think this might change if I was just trying to do like installation art or, or building massive robots, um, Mm -hmm. or inventing stuff, then I think I would want more tools. But right now my role that I'm really enjoying is designing things that other people get to remotely implement. So for that, more tools can actually, and it's it's actually the case with like the Autodesk best. I love it, but like, uh, and I'm doing a lot of really cool stuff there, but it's not always going to make it to my YouTube just because it's not, it would just be, Hey, watch me with stuff that you yeah, don't it's have more access just to showing off. Yeah. Right. Well, I think kind of to that point is also like, I consider myself very much still in my infancy of design ideas and, you know, on some level, I guess you're never out of that because even designers who are 80 that are great designers are still innovating and thinking of things in new ways, but it's kind of. I think a lot of people would probably choose the the unlimited tools, yeah. even though two out of three of us chose material. It's kind of like a trick question because 
especially if you're new to it, it would probably cause a sort of design atrophy where you're not putting restrictions on yourself. And so you're not thinking in ways that you would have been thinking. So you're, you're kind of just skipping all those possibilities of yeah. ideas that you would have yeah. had. The like ideas that are born from like problem solving from the tools you have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything came too easy to you. And so you you missed out on all these solutions and ideas that you would have otherwise had. Yeah, that's all those CNC kids these days. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ruined. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good question. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, I like that one. Very good. Good job. We'll give a... Good job, Twitter person. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Okay, so if you enjoyed this podcast and you're not already subscribed, uh, do that. It'll make your life a lot easier if you've just been going to iTunes and searching the Modern Maker podcast. It will just generally make yes, your life better. I can guarantee it. <laughs> Have unlimited podcasts, yeah. like unlimited tools. It's for... like the cheat code for convenience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't given us a review, too, that really does help us out. I know we say it at the end of every podcast, but uh, it really does help us out. Get us in front of new ears, new listeners, and just make iTunes think that we're a better podcast than we really are. Um, if you've got any comments for us, any questions, any topic ideas, uh, either hit us up on Twitter, one of those two on Twitter, not me, or hit us up on Instagram. We got a comments or a contact section on our website. You can hit us up there as well. Modern Maker Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there. We've been posting yep. all kinds of stuff. I'm going to be posting a lot more on that, which I haven't been doing. I'm going to be showing that my ping pong balls aren't flammable and go try to light yeah. some on fire later. What, so. Have you done it yet? <laughs> I'll, I'll post that on our Instagram. Uh, just okay. informally, but... I was, now that we're kind of talking about it, I was kind of halfway worried while I was watching that. Did the hot glue gun not get too hot for those balls to where it would like try and melt through them sometimes? Uh, the, 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 the balls would pop a little bit because uh, like the, the heat in the air inside would expand or something. It would be this little popping noise, but it, it wouldn't melt them or anything. Oh, okay. They're pretty... They're pretty rugged balls. <laughs> That's good to know, man. I'm glad. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, yeah. Thanks again, everybody, for watching. And I guess we'll just see you next week on that. Let's just cut it there. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll just Bye, end everybody. it on that. <laughs> Rugged balls. Bye. Rugged balls. Later. Man.